Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Greg and I are going to be talking about different life lessons that can be learned from mountain biking. So as mountain bikers, I think a lot of us can connect some of the things we've learned on the trail or on the bike to uh, positive things in our lives. And so we just wanted to talk about some of the things that we found in in our own lives uh, through mountain biking. And Greg has written a lot about this topic, uh, especially through his weekly column called Over a, um, If you're not a regular Single Tracks reader, then definitely be sure to check out his Over a Beer column. It happens every Wednesday. Um, but Greg usually talks about different topics uh, relating to mountain biking, though not necessarily just about being on the bike. Right, Greg? How would you describe the column? Yeah, I I would describe it as a chance for me to present my personal analysis of various topics in the mountain bike industry. And I think it started off mainly talking about tech, but it's transitioned to what I would call more important things, which is how we live our lives. And I think one of the reasons I love mountain biking so much is that mountain biking can be a true lifestyle. Not only do the, like the all consuming nature of staying fit and keeping your bike maintained, but because you can draw on so many parallels from the sport that we enjoy to the rest of our lives, if you look for them, mountain biking can really teach you how to become a better person. And I've been trying to highlight those connections in my column. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I know a lot of people have really been enjoying reading that and commenting. While mountain biking is technically a leisure activity, there is a lot of value we can get out of the sport and transfer into the rest of our lives. So I wanted to talk about several of those things, uh, starting with the obvious ones, fitness and health. What about fitness and health comes from mountain biking, Greg? And I mean, it's really hard to, at least for me, to get on Facebook and not bump into articles about how we need to be fit to live better lives and be healthy and all that sort of thing. And uh, mountain biking really, you know, it does all those things for us. Um, Jenny Herbold is a newer contributor to Single Tracks and is an exercise physiologist. And recently she's written several excellent uh, research-supported articles explaining the great benefits that we get from mountain biking, including one recently called Mountain Biking, It's Good for Your Heart. And in this article, she says that mountain biking increases longevity, meaning you'll live longer, uh, lowers your blood pressure, promotes vascular health, strengthens your heart, protects the heart muscle, and also increases happiness. And we'll we'll talk about that more in a bit. But yeah, it doesn't take much work to dig up all these uh, various articles telling us why we should be aerobically fit. And, uh, and mountain biking does that for us. Yeah, not just aerobic fitness, but it's also, you know, it's a way to build muscle and everything like that. So yeah, definitely a healthy activity. The flip side to this, however, is that mountain biking does present the risk of injury. So we know plenty of people who have gotten hurt on the bike, uh, either through a crash or even overuse injuries or things like that. Greg, you've, you've had some injuries recently. How, how do you sort of weigh those risks? 
Yeah, that's a that's a really tough one, Jeff. And I've sort of explored the the various angles of this in my column quite a bit because I've spent a lot of time injured over the past three years. And I guess I'm still technically injured, but it's like, whatever. It's always something, you know. But uh so here's the interesting thing for me. Mountain biking is good for us and definitely for myself, both physically and mentally. I know that I need exercise and adventure and challenge to stay balanced. So when I get injured, I have to, like, figure out how to respond to that. Like, how do you overcome it? Or do you just quit? Like, do you do something safer that doesn't involve going down mountains at higher rates of speed, you know? And sometimes I think the natural response is to quit, but I don't think that giving up is as ever an option, which uh, I've got a column by that same topic. And you could share what you think as well, Jeff, but I think if you truly love what you're doing and why you're doing it, in my opinion, you have to fight to overcome that injury and fight to come back and return to the activity that you love so much. Yeah. I mean, I struggle with that. I've never been injured, but I mean, I think for me and for a lot of people, injury does take the fun out of it, right? Like if, if it's something that's hurting you, then, you know, I mean, we like to think that we're tough and we can overcome anything, but at the end of the day, health is, is the most important thing. So I heard about a guy uh, here in the area that I've ridden with a few times that uh, recently got injured, had a really serious injury on a trail riding in Pisgah. And the word is that he said he's, he's never riding again. And I don't, I don't blame the guy at all. You know, if, if the same thing happened to me, I would probably, I'd probably make the same decision, you know, but again, everybody's different and, and may, maybe I'm not as passionate about mountain biking as other people are who would, would keep doing it despite getting injured over and over. So, you know, in my column, uh, giving up is never an option. I quote Travis Pastrana from a few years ago. And literally this morning, as I was uh, sipping my coffee and browsing through Facebook, a post from Travis Pastrana came up. And uh, if you don't know who Travis is, just uh, just Google his name. And he is probably uh, one of the biggest like daredevil action sports people alive. I mean, he's just uh, larger than life, but also a really great guy. But basically in this post on Facebook, it's like pretty stream of consciousness. So you sort of have to wade through it. But he's basically announcing like his effective retirement from almost all sports except for like rally car racing because he can't uh, he can't do anything anymore and um he mentions all the the issues he has like i think he said he's had 32 surgeries and more concussions than that and you know he's got a wife and a kid and he wants to be around and enjoy life with them you know and uh He's at the point where if he keeps pushing it, like on the motorcycle and uh, that he's famous for, you know, he's not going to be around anymore. So, you know, I think you've got to look at the the benefit to your well-being that comes from doing these things that you love, but also weigh that against the various risks that your sports entails. And uh, it's a personal decision. Yeah, that that's a really good way to put it. You weigh the the pros and the cons and, you know. All of us definitely, I mean, myself included, I get a ton of enjoyment out of mountain biking, but yeah, there's definitely a point where, you know, it might not be worth it. Fortunately, I'm not there. I've never, I've never even gotten close to that point, but just hearing other people's stories, I can, I can imagine what that would be like. So a side benefit of physical, all physical exercise, but specifically mountain biking is that, uh, we get a lot of stress relief out of mountain biking. So it looks like, Greg, you got some stats about the cost of stress 
to Americans, and it's it's pretty high, right? Yeah, and sometimes I wonder I wonder how people arrive at these numbers. But according to the World Health Organization, stress has been called the health epidemic of the 21st century, and they estimate that stress is costing American businesses, so that's just businesses, uh, $300 billion a year. That's a huge amount of money. So I, I really don't know how they <laughs> arrive at that number. It sort of seems like magic to me. But uh, <laughs> suffice it to say that stress is, is not good for our health and not good for our society in general. Yeah, yeah. And we know we can think of countless people um, in our own lives who have stress. And, you know, there are medical things involved with that and time off of work and stuff. So, yeah, there is definitely a cost to it. Yeah, sometimes uh, people think I'm really into physical fitness because I ride mountain bikes, and they're like, "Oh, you really love that, right?" And uh, and honestly, to me, <laughs> despite all the good things we just talked about, fitness most of the time is just an unintended consequence of mountain biking. It's a nice side effect. Um, but if there's one benefit I'm really looking for intentionally, above and beyond the fact that I just have fun doing it, it is sort of the mental balance and stress relief that I get from mountain biking. Uh, I've personally learned over the years, ever since I was in middle school, that I need physical activity, time outside and adventure in regular doses in order to remain emotionally stable and balanced. Uh, and here's a quote from one of my columns, Riding to Live, that I think really drives this point home. And uh, in that column I said, When I sit still, my temperament experiences a fundamental change. Anger begins to well up inside me from deep recesses that are scary to look down into. I get grumpy and frustrated with the people and the circumstances around surrounding me. Motivation dwindles. My entire outlook on life takes a nosedive, and the parasitic trendle. Man, I was quite um, quite verbose here. <laughs> and the parasitic. That's why it's a good quote. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, w- I was impressed with myself. <laughs> and the the parasitic tr- tendrils of depression attach their ever hungry maws on my brain, leeching out any happiness that attempts to make an appearance. So. I don't know. Do you do you deal with this, Jeff? Like, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a stress relief for me, um, and it's different. You know, I run a lot. Um, I probably run just as much as I mountain bike, and I don't know. I I think mountain biking does relieve a, like a different kind of stress for me, anyway. And part of that, I think maybe maybe mm-hmm. we'll talk about it later. But part of that mm-hmm. is. For me, mountain biking is more of a social thing. You know, I usually run, I'll run alone and do it at night, you know, and just like kind of run to get it over with. But mountain biking is like, you know, you can go out and push yourself really hard, but then you're also doing it with other people. And, um, I think the social aspect, like combined with that, um, makes it, makes it a lot of fun for me. And yeah, I'm like you too. You know, I've, if I miss my big mountain bike ride of the week, yeah, I can start to get grumpy. So yeah, that's one of the things I, I wanted to talk about is how mountain biking is a community sport. And for me, a big advantage of that and, you know, something that helps me in life is that, you know, I'm able to surround myself with like-minded people. And I've made a lot of friendships and relationships through mountain biking for sure here in town. You know, it's been a great way to get to know people that live around me that, you know, you see your neighbors and you see people all the time, but like having a group of people that, you know, you share a common interest with and you can get together with, um, on a regular basis, it's been really cool. And so now, you know, I see those same people around town all the time and yeah, for me, that's a, that's a huge part of mountain biking. What about you, Greg? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I I want more of that in my life. You know, I think 
you've got something really cool going with your uh, weekly group ride, Jeff, and seeing the same faces and building these deep relationships, you know, and uh, that's just such a fun time. I think the core of the thing is, you know, human beings are are relational creatures. No matter how much we may want to be the tough lone wolf, like off doing hard things on our own, like climbing mountains and shooting elk and living off the land (laughs) or whatever the case may be. Not that that's bad sometimes, but I think we truly need people in our lives that we can connect with and go deep with and uh, just know. And for me, and I imagine for like a lot of folks listening to this, you know, that initial connection often happens on a mountain bike ride. So try to make a point to continue to meet new people, ride with new people, and even sometimes put maybe, you know, my personal goals and motivations aside for some of these group rides, you know? Yeah. Don't have to hammer all the time. Exactly. Yeah, that was it for me for a long time, why I avoided it. Yeah, because, you know, I saw, oh, well, they're too slow for me, and oh, they're too fast for me, you know, looking for, like, the the perfect person to ride with or perfect group of people, but... Yeah, I think once you put some of that stuff aside, you'll really get a lot of benefits out of it um, that, you know, aren't necessarily about fitness or getting faster, but just about like being happier. And I also will mention that, you know, that was a big part of uh, Leah and I's relationship, my wife, Leah. You know, we started riding together pretty early on, and that's always been sort of an activity that we've done together. And that's a totally even different kind of relationship than you know, doing a group ride, but having something that you can do with your family or your spouse, I think it's, it's really awesome, really positive. So another skill that I think I've learned from mountain biking is the ability to work hard and to have discipline. So Greg, have you found the same thing with your riding? Yeah, I think mountain biking is an extremely difficult sport. And uh, even when you say introduce somebody to riding who does other mountain sports or may run or do something else like that, oftentimes they're pretty shocked at how just straight up tough mountain biking is. Because not only do you have like the physical aspect that we've talked about, the training, um, but also drilling and practicing to develop skills and then mating those two things together to become a good rider. Like uh, it's not easy. And I don't know, I think everybody needs more sort of of that training in our lives to do hard work and to be disciplined um, because I don't know, it's just like sitting on the couch, you know, both literally and metaphorically, it's always so much easier than getting up and doing something difficult. Right. I mean, even, uh, am I most motivated? Like it's not easy. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think what's interesting and, you know, we've done surveys too, to, um, find out the sort of the occupations that mountain bikers have in their lives. And, a lot of us, we just work in offices, you know? And so, like you said, there, we don't have a lot of opportunities to, to work hard and push ourselves physically, especially, but also to, to build skills, you know? Um, I guess, I guess a lot of us have like computer skills, but you know, like real skills that are different than, you know, sitting at a desk. So for, I think you're right. For a lot of people, mountain biking can be a really positive thing because it teaches you something that you're not going to get, um, in your day to day. And then also I wanted to talk about something else you touched on, which is just the amount of practice that mountain biking takes and the the amount of skill that it involves. You know, I'm amazed at that myself. You know, I've been riding for at least 20 years now and I'm still amazed at the stuff that I couldn't do like a year ago. You know, there are trails that I ride that um, I think back a year or two ago and I think, man, I hated that trail. That was so hard. I I had to push my bike like 
you know, 10 different places. And now, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm making it through this stuff better. I can't believe that I'm still getting better. And, and mountain biking is awesome because there is so much to learn. Like there really is no ceiling. You know, that's why like the pro athletes and people like that are so revered. And, and that's such a big thing in mountain biking because you see the level that those guys are at. And it's just amazing because none of, none of us will ever reach that, you know, we'll, we'll work on it and keep working on it and we'll keep getting better. But yeah, there's just, there's like almost no ceiling to that. And so I think that's a positive thing to have in your life. It's like a goal and, and something you can work on for a lifetime, you know, and continue to grow at. So what about some other, other things that we overcome with mountain biking? I think out on the trail, a lot of times we, we learn to solve problems that we might not have to in our daily lives. What do you think about that, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, I do think that that's a big part of mountain biking. It's a part of mountain biking that I don't always enjoy. Maybe you're the same as, as me, Greg, but you know, working on bikes and stuff like that, we don't always have to do that. I mean, a lot of us cheat and we just like take our bikes to the shop, but, but once you're out on the trail and you have something break down, you got to figure it out, man. You got to MacGyver it back together. And I think I've certainly learned a lot or gained a lot of confidence, I guess I should say, in my ability to, you know, solve problems, fix mechanical stuff and make it out alive, basically. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe that's too dramatic and we tend to embellish certain situations. But yeah, I, I think problem solving is a big part of it. What about you? Oh, I totally agree. And uh, and sometimes I think, you know, physically, yeah, you got to figure out how to solve the problem and get yourself out. But I think sometimes learning how to deal with that mentally with the unexpected and the things that you didn't plan for uh, is maybe even the, the bigger meta skill at play. I mean, how many times have you, you know, been in an airport and you see people whose day or even week is absolutely ruined because of an unexpected inconvenience? You know, their flight gets delayed, <laughs> they miss their connector, and they just absolutely lose their shit. I mean, it, it happens all the time. I, I'm uh, Every time I go to an airport, I'm amazed at the amount of stress that I just see, you know? <laughs> right. You know, once you start to deal with these things on the mountain bike, like you're like, oh, shoot, I am 20 miles out in the middle of nowhere. I flatted twice. I've got no tires. Like, what am I going to do? You know, that right. your, your perspective starts to change over time, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's all relative. And so by kind of forcing ourselves into these, I mean, I guess you call them risky situations. You know, every time you go out, there's a risk that you're going to get a flat tire or, you know, that some part on your bike's going to break and you don't have a replacement for it. You know, you're going to ding your rim or something. And so, yeah, just having sort of practice at that stuff, I think is awesome because really, I mean, fortunately for most of us, a lot of that, it is practice. You know, it's like you're, you're out at your local trail and you get a flat tire. Oftentimes it's not a big deal and you have to walk out, but you learned a lesson that like, shoot, I need to be prepared next time uh, and bring a tube and stuff. You know, that, that was me for years. I rode without a tube or a pump or anything. And then a few times I got flats and ended up walking out and uh, taught me a lesson. So yeah, problem solving and thinking ahead. It's definitely a big skill to have. What about mental toughness? We've kind of talked about this with other stuff in terms of like discipline and things, but mental toughness in itself is kind of its own skill, right? You, you wrote something about that recently. Yeah. I wrote this uh, column called stop asking for easy, a manifesto for doing hard things voluntarily. And, uh, it talks both about physical and mental toughness, but I think both of these things are, 
are skills that you can acquire and hone and practice. You know, I think especially the mental toughness really comes to bear and you can see easily in endurance mountain biking. So often the people who finish and win aren't necessarily like the fittest or who have done the most training. Although, of course, it's a huge factor. But oftentimes they're the ones who are most mentally tough, the ones who can keep pushing their bodies even when, you know, their muscles and their legs are absolutely screaming at them. Um, and in my mind, I think mental toughness is maybe one of the, one of the biggest things you can aspire to in life. And it's also that mountain biking builds that because being mentally resilient or even uh, anti-fragile, uh, to quote Talib, <laughs> Being able to put up with the crushing weight of a life difficulty, whether it be a long surgery recovery, a relationship crisis like a divorce, a financial crisis like a foreclosure, or whatever the case may be, you know, when you develop a certain mental toughness, you know that whatever challenge you face, you'll be able to make it through and you'll be able to persevere. And uh, I don't think that's something that all people believe when they face those things. And uh, many people give up. So it's it's not easy. Yeah, well, I think the trap is that most people think that they are mentally tough, um, but they, without challenging yourself, you don't know. And so again, you know, I, I hate to minimize mountain biking, but I feel like it is, it's, it's a, it's kind of practice, you know, for this other stuff. It's mountain biking is not life, you know, life is life, but we can use mountain biking to, uh, it's sort of a playground, you know, to like try out these things and, you know, like you said, with endurance athletes. So I was training for this hundred mile mountain bike race, which I thought the thing was, you know, all physical that I was just going to have to, you know, get my body ready and then, you know, I could do it. But I found that the biggest part was the mental toughness. That was the part where, you know, I go out for a training ride and say I was supposed to ride like 50 miles or something. That first like third of it was where I found myself really like, you know, wanting to quit, which, which surprised me because it's like, I'm not tired yet, but I'm just like dreading the rest of the day. You know, like I've, I've already ridden 15 miles and it's like, I still have 25 miles to go. You know, that was like where I was at my lowest. And so, you know, I learned to, I guess I trained my mind. I mean, yeah, I got a little bit of mental toughness, but then the, the flip side of that is, I think, you know, and then I went on to do the race and finished and everything. And I think then it gave me a little bit of overconfidence, which was surprising as well. You know, I thought after that, like, shoot, I can, I can do anything. I can go out and, you know, ride in a hundred degree heat by myself and, you know, do a quick ride and I'll be fine. But then, yeah, I, I, I nearly, I nearly wrecked myself. So yeah, everything in moderation, I guess, is the lesson there. So you had another thing on your list, learning to be fully present. What's that about, Greg? Yeah, so this is a preview of an over a beer column that I've been rolling around in my head for a couple of months. So look at you. You listen to the podcast and you get an exclusive. So <laughs> dig the podcast. Be sure to share it with a friend. All right, so that's the end of my plug. But one thing I've been trying to focus on personally more and more in my own life is to be fully engaged in the present moment, to be right here, right now, in this moment. And, uh, and then as I think about it, I'm like, well, what does that look like? I think a few things that look like are, uh, not worrying about the past or not agonizing over the past, rather worrying about the future or being caught up in a, a time that's not happening right now. Um, another thing that it looks like is engaging deeply in conversation with the people I'm with, uh, not being distracted by my iPhone, not mindlessly scrolling 
through my Facebook feed and uh, so much more. But I think mountain biking is really, uh, again, it's not like Jeff said, it's not life, but it's also like a great training ground for life. And like you can draw things out of your experiences on the mountain bike. So questions I've been asking myself are, you know, am I answering texts and calls on the trails and posting the Instagram or can I put my phone on airplane mode and go on an hour ride or a six hour ride without hearing from the outside world? You know, can you slow down and embrace the moment by rolling up to a viewpoint and just sitting and soaking in the world around you without having to hammer out your Strava PR? And here's a tough one for me, actually. Can you be focused on the trail you're currently riding without obsessively planning your next adventure? I think sometimes for me, like, (laughs) I like, I plan this adventure and then I'm like riding in Arkansas and I'm already thinking about like the next adventure I planned in Moab, you know? It's like, well, what the heck, you know, yeah, I'm not enjoying the current moment. So, uh, yeah, but oftentimes you have no choice but to be fully present on the bike, which again, I think makes it good training as you're blasting through a rock garden, railing a berm or hitting a pack of jumps. You know, the, the focus required is a shortcut to a mental flow state that just brings you to the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot of people talk about with mountain biking and I guess I never noticed it, but that, that is true. When you're riding this trail, all you're thinking about is riding that trail, you know, <laughs> keeping, I mean, it's a lot to keep track of too. I think that's why, you know, our brains just can't allow anything else in when you're trying to keep the bike upright and, you know, focus on your breathing and, you know, your body and all that stuff. Like there really isn't any room to think about other stuff. And so people do use it as an escape. Um, and it's, it's, Obviously, it's really effective at that. Um, my only problem with that is now that I know that, I can't help but like be thinking about that. Like when I'm writing, you know, I'm like, oh, am I, am I focusing on writing or am I thinking about other stuff? Like, so it can mess with you. But, but yeah, in general, mountain biking is pretty awesome because it engages just so many of your senses and so much of your mental energy that you can't help but focus on what's in front of you. Yeah. And I mean, I like to think about things on the bike too. Like I like to, you know, problem solve or go through my day or whatever. And these things run through my brain, but I find that like, let's say I'm going on a big long ride after about two or three hours, I thought about all the things I got to think about. And then I'm just like <laughs> done. I'm like, all right, yeah. I thought about all the things now what, <laughs> you know, right? Um, which is, it's kind of nice to hit that point though. I think uh, sometimes we don't, mentally slow enough to like actually process through the things that's going on in our lives. And sometimes that's a Mm -hmm. key thing too. So, you know, I think with all these things, there's a bit of a balance, but yeah. And how you look at it. Yeah. And it, I mean, thinking about it too, it depends on the type of ride that you're doing. You know, there are those long rides where you have some time to think about what you're doing, or there's like a gravel climb up to the top and, you know, you can let your mind wander a little bit. I mean, that's what's awesome about mountain biking too, is like, if you want like an escape to like not have to think about your problems, then you can do that. Like go ride some gravity or, you know, just, just treat your local trail like an enduro or, or if you do need some space, you got some stuff that you're trying to figure out or think about, um, then yeah, you can go for a nice cross country ride, check out some scenery, you know, it's all good and it all works different brain muscles. Well, cool. I think we covered a lot of ground here, though I'm sure there are other things we've forgotten. If there are, we'd love to hear some comments from you uh, on single tracks, either on our forums or on this podcast specifically. 
Also, if you enjoyed this topic and exploring some of the more philosophical underpinnings of mountain biking, uh, be sure to check out Greg's Over a Beer column, which happens once a week on Wednesdays. And that's it for this time. Talk to you again next time. Peace. Peace.